repentance and surely it's your love, your kindness, Lord, that leads us home to you. And God, in your presence, Lord, this is where we belong, God, right here in your loving arms. And God, you're calling each one of us to come, to come to you today, to listen for your voice, to hear your word, God. And I pray by your spirit that you speak deeply into our hearts and change us, Lord. May your word not just go over our heads, but Lord, may it go into our ears and down deep into our heart. And may it come out in our lives. So we ask, Lord, that you would anoint this time and bless it, God. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Oh, you're already seated. Hey, if you can grab your Bibles, open them up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. You know, there was a man in the grocery store pushing the cart, which contained, among other things, a screaming little baby boy. And as the man went down the aisle, you can hear him saying softly, Easy now, George. Keep calm, George. Don't get excited, George. It's going to be all right, George. Well, a woman who had been watching with admiration spoke up and said to the man, You certainly should be commended for your patience and gentleness in trying to quiet little baby George. Lady, the man declared, I'm George. (laughs) Well, mom and dads, they know it takes a whole lot of patience and kindness plus love in raising their children, right? You can say it takes plenty of TLC. You know what that is, right? Tender, loving care. Well, as we return to our verse-by-verse study here in the book of 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes on how, like parents do, his missionary team had given the new believers in Thessalonica much tender, loving care. So I titled our message, Godly TLC. Godly TLC. We're going to be studying 1 Thessalonians from... Uh, Chapter 2, actually, from verse 7 through 12 this morning. Chapter 2, 7 through 12. And we're going to see here, Paul's ministry to the Thessalonians was, number one, like a mother's devotion, and number two, like a father's direction. So we're going to have those two headings for our outline this morning. So 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 12, Godly TLC. Let's begin with number one, what we're going to see. Paul's ministry was like a mother's devotion, like a mother's devotion. Now, in this section, we're going to cover 1 Thessalonians 2 from verse 7 through 9, for those of you taking notes. But first of all, take a look with me here now, verse 7 and the first part of verse 8. Now, it reads here, But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So, being affectionately desirous of you and we're going to stop right there we're going to pause right there we begin here with the words here in verse 7 but we were now as we come into this verse this is in contrast to what paul had said earlier and that's what he's coming into here with the word but here he comes and say hey in contrast now last time we saw from verse 1 through 6 Paul wrote in defense, right? There were some Jews accusing the missionary team as being frauds. They're saying that Paul, guys, they came in to take advantage of the Thessalonians, and they're just like a lot of other traveling speakers that would be going around in that ancient time. 
But Paul wrote, you guys know, you guys know that I and all are my missionary team. We are all for God and the gospel. And that was our title last week. Well, at the end of verse 6, if you look up there, Paul says that he did not basically abuse his authority or use and, and make demands as apostles of Christ, he writes in verse 6, right? To personally like gain for themselves, to personally get things from, from the Thessalonians. No, it was not that. Not No, these missionaries truly loved and cared for the Thessalonian believers. And I mentioned that last week too. So as we come into verse 7, Paul goes on here in contrast that he didn't like harshly use and abuse his authority as apostle. He didn't assert his authority over them. But he says in verse 7, we were gentle among you. We were gentle with you. We were were just like how verse 7, a nursing mother is who takes care of her own children, her own babies. That's how we were with you, Paul is saying. Now, in other words, Paul was devoted to nurture and care for these brand new believers. Remember, they came in, preached the gospel, and the Thessalonians became followers of Christ at that point. So they were new believers. So you can say that the missionaries here and Paul, they, they had uh, come to Thessalonica, brought the Thessalonians to the Lord, and so they were like their spiritual parents. So you could think about it in that way. Now, as we get into this section, we will see here that Paul's ministry was just like a mother's devotion. That's our heading here. And we're going to see three ways in how that is. This is what we're going to see in this section. They nurtured the Thessalonians with, number one, a motherly care. Number two, a motherly sacrifice. And number three, a motherly Labor, But first of all, here in verse 7, we see that these, this missionary team, they nurture, nurture the Thessalonians with a motherly care. A motherly care, first of all. So the idea here in verse 7 is these missionaries were, in verse 7 and 8, gentle, not harsh. In other words, they were kind and ten- tender how they dealt with these new believers. Interesting here where he says they were like a nursing mother taking care. The word taking care here means to cherish. Literally in the Greek, it means to make warm. And so if you bring in that idea of a mother, it's like how a mother holds her baby close to bring warmth to the baby with her own body heat. It really speaks of how Paul personally was involved in taking care and caring for the new believers here. In verse 8, when he says that, so being affectionately desirous, affectionately desirous means to be fervently loved. We, we, we were earnestly, fervently, we, we put our, all our love into you guys. And think about that. Isn't that how moms are with their babies, right? They, they care for them. They, they personally are there loving on them with all of their heart. It's been said, Whatever else is unsure in the world, a mother's love is not. Well, the first point here is this. With a motherly care, these missionaries tenderly loved on the Thessalonian believers. With a motherly care, these missionaries tenderly loved on the, the Thessalonian believers. You know, just this morning, my, um, my mother, who lives in California, 
uh, she texted me this picture of her. I think it was from yesterday. My sister had gone over to the house, and she had baked this uh, upside-down strawberry uh, shortcake. And, and she, she was writing me in the text, and she's saying, oh, I wish... I wish I could give this to you, you know, I, I wish, I mean, this, and I, I wrote it back like, that was my favorite growing up, you know, and even today, I f- still feel my mother's nurture and care and love, even through wishing, yeah, I would, ha- I could have that strawberry shortcake. I text her back and say, it's too bad you can't just text it to me, you know, like you text pictures and too bad we don't have technology, just go poof, it's right there and go, mmm, yum, yum, you know, kind of thing. Well, Paul is saying, that's how we were with you guys. Our ministry, yeah, to you was like, like how a mother loves and cares and nurtures uh, their baby, their children there. And then Paul, Paul is like, you know, even in what he's saying, it's like speaking to us today that our ministry to one another should have plenty tender, loving care also. Not the harshness, not, 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 not the coming down in and, and, and either word or deeds or whatever. You, you know, I think sometimes, you know, our society, if you think about, it's all about power and assertiveness, right? I mean, it, it seems like there's a lot of that out there. And my right, you got to do what I say or what I want, everything like that. And sometimes even as Christians, we can take it too far in the flesh. But what we see here is Paul was in that way. Even as an apostle, he didn't use that authority, but with gentleness. He came with gentleness. And you know what gentleness is? It's love in action. That's what gentleness is. So I call on you guys here to be different. Let's change. Let's be different. Let's start today and be gentle with one another. And let's do like Paul did. And let's give that motherly care and love. So Paul's ministry was like a mother's devotion. They nurtured the Thessalonians with a motherly care. Number two, as we go on, a motherly sacrifice. A motherly sacrifice. Look at the second part of verse 8 now. The second part of verse 8 says, We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. So not only did Paul come just share the gospel and then leave, right? That it, it was, he just didn't come and share. Of course, that's super important. But Paul says here in verse 8 that they also gave, really, also our own selves. And you know what that means? They willingly laid down their lives for them. That's what he's saying. I mean, even with the threat of persecution, right? These guys came into town here. These guys stayed as long as they could. These guys shared the gospel and was with them. And they loved on them because they were very dear to them. That was Paul. He was willingly laying down his life even as a sacrifice. You know, the mindset I I see Paul having here in his team is what he wrote in Philippians 2.4. He said, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of what? Others, right? Others. That's sacrifice. That's what's behind it. We're thinking of the other person and not of ourselves. So our second point is this with this verse. With a motherly sacrifice, these missionaries gently laid down their lives to serve them. So like how a mother sacrifices herself, puts herself right last and put the kids and the family first. With a motherly sacrifice, these missionaries gladly lay down their lives to serve them, the Thessalonians. You know, I was thinking about what if there was a job listing on Craigslist for a mother? 
You know how it would read? It would read like this. Applications for the position of mother are now open. Hours, 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. Monday through Sunday. Vacation? Hmm, maybe. Must fulfill various duties, like counselor, teacher, bookkeeper, housekeeper, laundress, chauffeur, gardener, seamstress, secretary, referee, disciplinarian, doctor, nurse, nutritionist, chef, waitress, dishwasher, fashion coordinator, and entertainer. I like that. That's true, right? Pay, what's the pay in this ad? Zero. (laughs) Right? They should be paid more than $100,000, but zero. And then the last line maybe would read, and you must be willing to operate with the heart of a sacrificial love, with sacrificial love. I mean, that's so true. That's how mothers are, and we think of our own mothers, right? Our own wives or our mothers. You, you see all that they do. I know for my wife it's that way. Well, that's Paul. Paul to the Thessalonians. That's a missionary team, like a mother sacrificed all for her children. That's what he's saying. And you know what? We must, do, we must be willing to do that for each other, to set ourselves aside, to, to, to do things and sacrifice ourselves, to give up our stuff for the other here. What kind of sacrifices have you made lately? Maybe it's been a long time. Think about that. All right, so Paul's ministry was just like a mother's devotion here, and they nurtured the Thessalonians with, number one, a motherly care, motherly sacrifice, and now number three we're going to see here, a motherly labor, a motherly labor. Verse 9, it says here, For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil, We work night and day that we might not be a burden to you, any of you, while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. So Paul says here, he begins in verse verse 9, he says, For you remember, you guys know this, and he's been saying this throughout this passage here in chapter 2. You know this. So don't listen to those accusations here. You know our labor and toil, how they work so hard night and day. And, and in what way? Well, he says in verse 9 here that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. What is he saying? Well, Paul's saying we work hard night and day so that we wouldn't have a burden, that we, you wouldn't, we wouldn't have to receive any money from you guys for our support. We worked on our own. Paul wanted to make sure as they traveled, as missionaries, as they came into Thessalonica, as they came there, that they were there to just give the gospel. It wasn't about coming in and making money. They just wanted to make sure when they traveled to proclaim the gospel that no one can accuse them of doing it for money. That's what he's saying. Why? The gospel is free, right? The gospel is free because Jesus freely loves us. So Paul, what did he do? We knew he, his job, right? His trade was a tent maker. We know that in Acts and other passages. He did the tent making trade during the day so he can do Bible studies at night and do ministry. So like a mother's devotion to her household, Paul worked hard. There's an old saying, man's work is from sunup to sundown, but, the, but a mother's work is never done. <laughs> I like that. So our third point is this. With a motherly labor, these missionaries work tirelessly to minister to them. That's what he's saying here. With a motherly labor, these missionaries work tirelessly 
to minister to them. Someone wrote about a few years back, they wrote about the newest wonder in manufacturing, and what that was was robotics. Robots, this article said, put in endless hours, function in different environments. They never seem to run down. They cost very little to maintain, and they do it all without praise or personal attention. They work hard, and they work tirelessly. Actually, the writer goes on to say, Robots are nothing new. They used to be called mothers. And that's what Paul is to the Thessalonians. Like a mother who labors for her children, who puts in all that hard work tirelessly, Paul's saying, that's what we did. And you know what? Paul is speaking to us today. God is speaking to the word that we must be willing to do all we can for each other. I mean, we're such a self-centered society, aren't we? I mean, we want things done for us, people to serve us. We go into a restaurant even with our mask on. We want people to serve us, to do things for us. Many times I think we handle ministry and doing things for other people, serving other people like we belong to some union. Oh, sorry, I can only work, you know, one hour. Union rules, yeah. Oh, I need a 15-minute break, you know. Every 20 minutes, you know, something. Or, or when I'm off the clock, I'm off the clock, so don't bother me. Or sometimes, well, if you don't fix things, I'll go on strike, quote-unquote, and not even show up. Sometimes we, 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 we even come to church in that manner, like it's, we, we're in some union and we've we got to, you know, do things. People got to do things for us. But the thing is, it's not about me. It's about uh, not about what we gain from it. It's about Jesus, right? And it's about what we can do for others. In church, we are to be a servant, giving tender, loving care, like a mother does her children. It should be works of love toward each other. I think about it this way. How hard and devotion the mother had, how, how hard she worked, and, and all that she gave, her care and everything. You know, I think about... Paul gives this kind of TLC because you know why? God has given him the same. That's why. And if this is God's heart and God has done that to us, shouldn't we have the same heart in how we serve each other? Oswald Chambers once said, service is the overflow of superabounding devotion. You know what? God is devoted to you. And I like to say I'm devoted to God. But we, out of that devotion, we need to be devoted to one another and give that same devotion in the manner like a mother does. Do we, in our TLC, give love and show that this person there has worth? This person is someone we care for. I mean, think about a mother that cares for a baby. That, that's what we receive, right? I mean, my mother's saying, hey, here's the strawberry shortcake. I feel good, like, oh, mom, you're thinking of me. Yeah, you know. And, and that touches my heart more than I wish I, I, I could eat it right now. But you, you know what I'm saying, right? You feel that love and care, right? Well, we need to serve one another in that way. And let me say this. If you're here today and you feel like you aren't of any worth, know that to God... You are worth plenty. You are worth much. And that you as a person, who you are, who God made you into, you know what? He loves you. And your identity is in Jesus, 
now. Listen, in all that we're, we're talking about today, I believe God is speaking to the church, to our church, to us. I mean, a few weeks back, right, the Lord was talking about how, in Thessalonians, how we got to get excited for Jesus again. we gotta, we got to have that kind of first love, excitement. You know, when we first came to the Lord, you know, we need to get that back. And then last week, we, we saw how God is calling us to share Jesus Christ, share the gospel out of our excitement. And then, you know what, today, we need to have tender, loving care for one another. I believe God is really speaking to us. He wants us to have that TLC, just like a mother's devotion. All right, so God, Paul's ministry uh, to the Thessalonians showed this godly TLC like a mother's devotion. And we come to number two now in our last section, is like a father's direction. Our outline here is like a father's direction. We're going to cover the last section here, First Thessalonians 2, from verse 10 through 12. But first take a look at verse 10. Verse 10. Paul writes here, You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. Now, in the next verse, he's going to talk about how it's like a father. But here, Paul points out three ways and actually, in this section, Paul's ministry was like a father's direction. And that's what we're going to see here. They came to the Thessalonians with a fatherly example, a fatherly concern, and a fatherly objective. So first, in verse 10 of what we just read, we have, number one, a fatherly example. A fatherly example. Paul says here, first of all, in verse 10, you are witnesses in God also. In other words, you are witnesses. You have firsthand knowledge. You guys know us. Again, defending himself again against the accusation he says you guys know us and you know what God also like he had mentioned earlier you know God is our witness too we're telling the truth here you guys know how and then he goes on in verse 10 how we conducted right um we uh, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers so how holy, that means how godly. How righteous means how upright with integrity. How blameless, that, mean, that doesn't mean it was perfect, but he was, they were consistent in their walk with God. So their conduct and how they live was godly, in a sense you can say. And our first point is this, like a fatherly example, these missionaries modeled the Christian life. That, that's the point here. Paul is saying, you guys know, you're witnesses. You know how we conducted ourselves to you guys, toward you guys, as this example, as like a fatherly example, we modeled the Christian life. A minister was making a wooden trellis to support a climbing vine, and while pounding away, a boy was watching him intently without saying a word. Thinking the boy was like admiring his work, the minister finally said, well, son, Trying to pick up some pointers on how to work with wood? No, said the boy. I'm just waiting to hear what a preacher says when he hits his thumb with a hammer. <laughs> Paul is saying, look, you guys saw us. We were examples to you. You guys saw how what we model, what a Christian life is like. And not just, oh, all smiles and everything. But, you know, what a Christian life what a Christian does in life's ups and downs, life's twists and turns. You know, how does a believer despond, respond? What's, what, what, what is his attitude? What kind of priorities and choices make Paul saying, 
You saw it in all of us. You saw our conduct in our godliness and how holy and how blameless we were consistent with the Lord in our righteousness, how we were upright with integrity. And you know what? Watch out. You guys, each one of us, myself included, we're being watched too. We are being watched too. Let me ask you this. What is others picking up from you? Well, like a father's direction, Paul came to the Thessalonians with the fatherly example. Number two, a fatherly concern. A fatherly concern. Verse 11 and the first part of verse 12 now as we go on. He says, For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you. And we'll stop right there. So Paul writes, despite all these accusations, despite what they're saying about us, like a father does with his children, we were here giving you direction. That's our heading. And how did they do that? Well, he writes here, by how we exhorted each of you. Now the word exhorted here is the Greek word parakaletos. And it means coming alongside to earnestly direct and instruct. That's the idea here. That's the meaning, the original word of exhort, coming alongside it to instruct, direct, and all. You know, I was thinking it's like a father helping a child to ride their bike for the first time. Yeah, this is what you do. And then, I don't know if you dads have done this. I know I did with all our kids. You're running alongside, you know, with them holding the seat or the handlebar as they're trying to pedal and steer and you're giving them directions. That's what Paul is saying. We are right there with you. Like a father giving direction, we're right alongside you, earnestly instructing you guys. Another way he, he writes here in direction is by how we encouraged you, he says. That, all, that means come alongside with sympathy and concern. So the father's love, the father's tender love comes out here. The gentleness and the concern comes out here. This is the fatherly concern. And you think about these Thessalonians, they needed encouragement, didn't they? They didn't need encouragement for they were facing much difficulty and persecutions in their city. Remember, Paul guys had to escape in the middle of the night because their lives were threatened. So imagine these believers are left here. Jason in that city got beat up, right? So Paul said, no, we came here with a fatherly concern to encourage you. And then the, the one other the third thing here, he says here, and, uh, and charged you, charged you. So they also came, this is how we charged you, he said, literally testifying, the word means there in the Greek. In other words, affirming that what they experience is what Paul experienced. So he urges them, he charges them to live in the same way. So he speaks to them in that manner that, hey, I've experienced that. Let me help you with this. And so I urge you, look, I got through it. You can get through it. All this, all what we, these three things here, we see is the heart of a father. In Psalm 103, 13, the NLT says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. So our second point here is with a fatherly concern, these missionaries came alongside to help and teach the Thessalonians. With a fatherly concern, these missionaries came alongside to help 
and teach the Thessalonians like a father would do. Here's something I found what fathers teach their children. Nutrition, this is what they say. If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. The father teaches about bad habits. Stop crossing your eyes or they'll freeze that way. The father teaches about wisdom. When you get to my age, then you'll understand. (laughs) About weather. Father teaches his kids about weather. Your room looks like a tornado went through it. Father talks about justice. One day you'll have kids and I hope they turn out just like you. (laughs) Communication. If I told you once, I told you a million times. Don't exaggerate. And logic, the father can teach his kids. Logic. Because why? Because I said so. Yes, fathers teach their children things about life. Yeah, amen there. (laughs) But ultimately, what's a father's heart? To teach about Jesus and his word, right? That's the direction. That's what we want to direct our kids to, right? Well, this is Paul's concern. Like a father, that's what he did with the Thessalonians. And you know what? That needs to be our concern even today to one another. The spiritual well-being of one another. To those around us. To help them. To teach them. To, 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 to love on them in a way that they can learn. To have that concern. To come alongside. Not be over them and talk down. But to talk like, hey, I've experienced this too. That kind of teaching. Alright, so like a father's direction, Paul came to the Thessalonians with a fatherly example. A fatherly concern. And now, number three. A fatherly objective. A fatherly objective. And this is the last part of our last verse here. Uh, The last part of verse 12. Well, the whole verse says, We exhorted each one of you, encouraged you, and charged you to, he goes on, walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So finally, come here, Paul says that, All this tender love and care is so that the Thessalonians would walk. That word walk means, it speaks of a daily conduct before the Lord. How you live daily before the Lord. And that is that they would walk, a walk that would be worthy of God. What does that mean? Well, it means that that God would consider it worthy of you, of, 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 I should say, of who you are in God. God. In other words, the objective, the following objective, is to live your life in a manner that shows you're a Christian, that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. That's important, that you would walk worthy in a manner of who you are in Jesus now. And that is important. Why? Because it is God who calls or who called you and saved you, who is now who, who you are now destined, he destined you for heaven, his kingdom, to live in eternity in glory. And that's what he says here uh, at the end of verse 12. Believers are now citizens of heaven, not of the world. So basically, we've got to live like that. We've got to live like we're citizens, that we're saved people, that we belong to heaven and not of this world. So our last point here in point The third point of this fatherly direction is um, uh, with a fatherly objective, all the effort of these missionaries was so the Thessalonians would live in a way that honors God. 
With a fatherly objective, all the effort of these missionaries was so the Thessalonians would live in a way that honors God. Third John verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That was Paul's objective in the same way. Just like uh, John wrote about uh, the believers that he brought to the Lord, or just like John wrote as parents that we, we desire this, well, Paul's objective is the same. That they would be walking in the truth. That they would walk a walk worthy of God of who they are and who God has made them into be. Shouldn't that be ours today? Our objective. Shouldn't our, our, the way we fellowship and, and as we fellowship in the word and prayer and worship and all, shouldn't it all be to this end? This is what God is saying. You know, you and I, we, we, we got to be like a father, like a mother. We, we've got to be loving and helpful to one another directing and being right there alongside of each other. Not like, like I'll tell you, I think we've gotten really good at sitting there and criticizing each other. I think, I think that's easy to do even. I think the hard thing is to say, wow, I'm going to love you on you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I can to help you, not put you down, to build you up, right? To not promote like bitterness and hate, but to promote love and forgiveness, to promote godliness, to promote honoring Jesus and how we deal with each other in our relationship. I think, I think these things can be lacking in our lives. And without that, we are not complete. That's what Paul's saying. Look, you guys, this is the fatherly ex- objective. We've put all our effort so you would live in a way that honors God, to, so that you become all that God wants you to be. And, we're, and I tell you, without that, I believe we're not complete without that compassion and love that we need to give to one another. Sometimes I think we're just too hard on each other. I mean, we don't want to make people feel like they're, they're not enough. They don't measure up or they fall short. No, we want to encourage them with our love and TLC. What is your objective? What is, what is your goals here? What, what, what is God saying to you today? I mean, I believe God is making our church to be a place where we can grow, where people can come and grow and find that love and forgiveness, where people can come and find encouragement, where this could be a little oasis, yeah? For anyone, no matter what they're going through, no matter what they're feeling, no matter if they've been oppressed and discouraged and, and just put down by, by the world and maybe people around them, that they could come here and find something different. I'll close with this story. Little five-year-old Brian was very impressed by the story of St. Simeon the Stylite, a monk who, in order to see God and escape the world, sat on top of a platform on a high, very high pillar. So determined to follow Simeon's example, little Brian put the kitchen stool on the table and started his dangerous climb to sit on top of that. While when his mother heard some strange sounds in the kitchen, she came in and shouted, Brian, get down right now. And the little boy obeyed, but he did mumble, 
you can't even become a saint in your own house. Well, may that not be said about the houses we live in. And you know what? May that not be said in this house of God, our church. And so let's be, as Paul was, as the missionaries were, let's all be giving godly TLC. Let's pray. Lord God, you are our Yahweh Roi. The Lord is my shepherd. You take care of us, God. You're concerned for us, Lord. You lead us. You guide us, Lord. God, you love upon us, and you just don't care for our physical well-being, but even our spiritual growth and our movement in that. And Lord, I know today that tenderly you are loving on us, that with your tender loving care, your TLC, God, that you are speaking and wooing us and drawing us to be like you. And so, Lord, may we do to this others what you do for us, God. May we be, Lord, your instruments of love and forgiveness and tender loving care. Lord, may we give as you give, God. Help us today, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. I, pr- I pray for anyone here today, right now, that, God, that you would, you would fill them, God, where they are empty. That you would fill them, God, where there is need. And, Lord, that you would love on them, that no matter where they are, that you pour forth your love like an overflowing cup. And may what overflows flow out to everyone around them. So, Lord, we thank you for who you are and the love that you give us. May we do the same as we go from this place. In Jesus' name, amen.